This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome to Come On Kind, our very first podcast with myself, Martin Quilty, and with me, Anya Fahey. We're going to preview the intermediate Camogie final between Kilkenny and Antrim that's coming up on Sunday. But first, what an exciting game we had last night and we're going to start off with this. Emer O'Brien has decided that she's going to pop that one in and pop it over the bar. Ray Kelly is down at Ellie O'Neill's goal. He's having a look. He's putting the whistle to his mouth. He's calling for the ball. It's all over! Kilkenny have won the Tesco All-Ireland Minor A Camogie final and look at the joy of all those players running out there. What a fantastic group of girls. And the Sheila Nicanultic Cup is with us in studio here and we were delighted to be joined by the uh, minor winning manager, Mike Wall. I suppose, Mike, it's probably the first time you've uh, heard that piece of broadcast from yourself and Anya from uh, last night. It was a fantastic evening in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick. You've had a, a night to reflect on it. Uh, how do you feel today after the victory? Jesus, unbelievable, Martin. It is the first time I've I've seen it. You, you seem to be more excited than we were, um, which is which is a good thing. But no, um, look, yeah, it's been it's been uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. We we're just saying it to Eddie next score. Um, it was just coming up to half time this time last night um, so it, to be honest it hasn't really sunk in yet and that's 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 being honest I suppose the manner and the victory that she had I mean just looking at a, a few stats from it 1-2 to 4 points at the first water break the goal coming from Sarah Barco it was a bullet of a shot I mean I think it took everyone by surprise but she took it very very well and going in at half time then 1-5 to 4 points a 4 point lead which is a big score over Cork in an All-Ireland final what were your thoughts with it because he seemed very calm down on the sideline to be fair to you all ah yeah look we were obviously delighted um, to win four points ahead at half time as you know but and I'm not trying to be funny now but we actually it's what we hoped for but it's probably what we expected too um, I haven't actually had a chance to look back at the game but um, we, we we hit an awful lot of wides and probably we didn't make a great use of the ball but um, look we were happy enough um, and I suppose our biggest thing we we only spoke to the girls for about two minutes at half time but um, I suppose our biggest team, thing as a management was to make sure that the girls didn't think that this was won but um, when we mentioned it to them our, their reaction shocked us because they they said they weren't going to settle for just holding out a four point lead. They they wanted to go and they wanted to they wanted to kind of drive on as hard as they possibly could. And to be fair to them, that's what they did. They're they're an incredible bunch, absolutely incredible bunch. And I suppose the big winner, you know, it's nice to bring an All Ireland back to Kilkenny, but the big the big winner is Kilkenny Camogie with to have some of those girls coming through. But in fairness to your backs as well, like just looking at another stash there Cork scored in the 16th minute in the first half and they didn't score for the remainder of that half I mean your backs were absolutely phenomenal the whole 
game Anya Kerwin and Sante Jackson in particular on the wings like I mean Ellie O'Neill was on the goal and she had very very little to do in fairness if you're a goalkeeper you love having backs like that and Marie Corker now they're only the three that were mentioning but in fairness Leisha Nolan um, as well that was back there you know uh, the girl of the uh, the Whelans Rachel, um, Rachel uh, the whole back line every one of the six seemed to tend to be a unit and they were saying to themselves well Jesus Corker not passing us today like we're going to hold out and they did up on to right till half time he must have been very pleased with the back's performance um, oh, yeah definitely unbelievable. look it was absolutely unbelievable um to, to know like the, our, our full back line is as solid as you're going to find in the country uh, Leash and Olin is, is in, in my my opinion one of the best cornerbacks I've ever seen uh, at this grade anyway um, Marie Corcoran is just a leader out and out uh, so as we say trading Rachel Whelan she doesn't make mistakes she's just so so steady and then you have um, you have a half back line obviously of our giant captain Neve Phelan who, who gels the whole thing together and, and, and Anya and Sante on the other wings but look we've, we've had other girls that, that's had to play in the backs due to one reason or another uh, over the year over the year due to Covid we've had Rachel Brennan who came in and done a super job uh, against Limerick and um, for the first 40 45 minutes against um, against uh, Galway and Maya O'Brien uh, um, from St. Bridges came in against Waterford and shor- shored up things as well so look we uh, I know the players on the field gets the plaudits but it's it really really was a, a complete panel effort this year. I suppose, Mick, when you say like a panel effort, then as well, a big panel of thirty nine girls, and I believe it's eighteen, nineteen of them that are available next year. So it's kind of shown that there is a really good, strong tradition. Do you think that there'll be enough backing from an under sixteen team to them for them to progress and maybe go on and retain their title for next year? Well, I couldn't see why not. Um, that's um, that under sixteen team done extremely well this year. They were just pipped, just pipped at the post by Cork. You know, given another two minutes not even five minutes would they have got that goal that they needed probably would have um, do you know like yeah you're right there's 19 of that panel that's underage next year and um, like again we, we have said this out of 39 that was there this year and that includes the 19 that are underage next year we could have put out any 15 mm-hmm. that would have, that we would have been comfortable with um, I'm sure there there will be girls and each we'll be hoping that there will be girls from that under 16 panel especially the older ones that will come up and, and stake their claim, claim for a place in the minor panel next year Yeah because it certainly has been like a really good year for Kilkenny Camogie in general particularly at underage level when we see the under 14s we have three good teams at under 14 level Level. You have your under 16s getting to an All Ireland final. You have your minors obviously winning the All Ireland final. Um, you know, Kilkenny Camogie is certainly in a really, really good position at the moment. Um, you know, and I suppose like that's a lot com- coming down to the coaching that we have coming through the ranks and the club, the club managers. It's kind of down to the, the roots of where Kilkenny Camogie really is at the moment. Yeah, because um, I suppose I can only look. I can only speak on, on my own knowledge mm-hmm. with the with the minors this year. Like the shape that those minors came in. Were, was unbelievable and I'm not just talking about the 39 uh, unfortunately there was there was 26 very hard phone calls that had to be made to girls that didn't make it but um, they all came in and with, in phenomenal shape and I think that's that's a lot down like we did put a, a kind of a plan in place for a fitness plan in place for them and some clubs had contacted me saying that they were already on plans with the clubs so the club structure even like from 2015 when I was involved with the minors last to now it's, it's, it's the moon with the structures that are there it's great it's brilliant 
Which was better, 2015 or 2021? <laughs> I think for different reasons, they're, they're equally, equally, is, <laughs> equally as important. Equally okay. as important. That's a tough question now, Anya. <laughs> that's nearly asking me who do I prefer, you or Angela. Sure, we know it's me, so it's uh, grand. And, that's, and I'd have to say, Martin, you let me know. It's very intimidating. These two were intimidating at the best of times. <laughs> um, yeah, just to get back on Anya's point a small little bit, do you feel a small bit more privileged that she had a little bit more time than what the under 16 did. I mean, the under 16 seemed to be just thrown in at the deep end and in fairness to Shemin that they literally only had about three to four weeks um, to get the whole squad prepared. Like, you had a bit more time to do your trials and to see girls. You were able to get your challenge matches. I mean, in fairness to the under 16s, they were really thrown in at the deep end to get to the All-Ireland final. I thought it was an outstanding achievement for them this year. Whereas you had a bit more time. Did you feel that that actually helped you and was it more of a benefit to you than what the under 16s had? So you had that bit more lead-in time to get your trials done and that. Um... Yes, I, I suppose we had the the extra time, and uh, again, uh, like I I I I I think it's bananas that um the under the under sixteens had such a short period of time leading in. Um, I suppose would they would definitely have taken it rather than not play their championship. So, um, I think, but yeah, it, it definitely was unfortunate because it leaves it leaves really no room for error. You know, you're only getting to know players. The coaches are only getting to know players. Um, I suppose in our own in, in our own way, um, we ran trials and we ran them very very quickly because we wanted to get them done before the leave inserts before the leave inserts started, and. Um, I suppose it was it was great in one way. It certainly wasn't all plain sailing because um, we wouldn't have, say, we wouldn't have, at the start of the year if you were to write down a blueprint of of what way you wants to run your panel. We certainly couldn't do that because there was there was weeks that we had to cut back our trainings and cut back what we were doing in trainings because the girls were doing so much at club level um, so it was a challenge in its own way but yeah to answer your question definitely we we feel a, a little bit more lucky than the poor under 16s because we did have that um, extra kind of time um, when, when it came in um, and even on the extra training sessions like were you conscious when you as a group of management knew yourselves that okay these girls are going to be pulled and dragged in mm-hmm. every direction with clubs and the whole lot and in fairness your format seemed to work as you say of even cutting a training session short or even getting back and maybe putting in an extra one then before an important game or even a recovery session after an important game as well and your format seemed to work very well and I think in fairness the clubs probably rode in that you weren't putting in so many training sessions either as well and they were able to get the girls back and have some time with the club oh yeah and like look it was a, it's it's a happy it was it was to make the best out of, out of um, a difficult we won't, uh, won't make a best out of a bad situation but definitely to make a best out of a difficult situation because like clubs deserve their players too and I thought to be fair the county board were very fair with the way they've done it um, we sat down at the start of the year and it was said like that uh, in, in relation to the all county league that the minor players would be allowed um, played the first three three round of championship games, and that was, and then there was a round of minor games, which left ten days before our first championship game, and then there was a round of minor games penciled in, oh, between our last game and the quarterfinals. So, like, we we were happy enough, and all we just wanted to make keep doing was making sure the girls weren't being 
overtrained. We can only we can only control what goes on in the pitch when we have them. So, um, but to be fair to the to the clubs, they did they did help us out. Now they really really did. And um, again, we used to, we never told girls not once not to go training or don't train with your clubs. We might have turned around and said to the clubs that um, you know, or said to the girls, well, if you're going training, maybe just let your managers know that you've done running you've done conditioning with us this week so not to, not to be overdoing it Just to kind of go back to maybe the championship side of things first day out against Waterford a defeat there do you think that kind of kick-started your championship campaign onwards after that? I draw on you. Draw, sorry. My <laughs> um, mistake. Might yeah. have felt like a defeat on you. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Look, I suppose a game that you that you feel you should have won, and like I just want to be said, we did not think that any any team deserves to go out and beat any other team. We we, we that'll only come with the performance you put in and the way you prepare. Um, there was a lot of things that day that maybe ourselves I put hold, first first and foremost hold, hold our hands up as a management we mightn't have got our, our tactics right on the day um, some of the girls maybe didn't perform to the way they can perform we know that um, it, it, was a re- it was a really funny game because we went eight points up and then again I'm not going to criticise anyone but there were for long periods in that game we were just wondering what do we need to do to actually get a free here you know, and um, for especially when we saw the frees that were being given against mm-hmm. us, now, and that's not that's not to criticise anyone or anything like that. So, like the, you know, again, people are saying it was a bad performance. I I, I kind of disagree. It wasn't a vintage performance, but we were never behind in the game. And again, it took a very soft free. I thought I thought it was. I think Kate McCluskey was the girl. She actually fell over on the ball in a rock, and. She was blown for line on us. Now, it, it, nine time, ninety nine times out of a hundred, if that happens in a ruck, referee will blow the whistle and throw it back in. But that happened mm-hmm. to be thirty five yards straight in front of the Watford goal, five minutes into injury time, and was a free in. So, but yeah, it did because it, it made us it made us go back to the drawing board and it made it made us realise that this was not a given that we weren't going to just walk through this championship and pick up the cup at the end. So yeah, ten, yeah. So to be fair, probably it probably did probably did kickstart us. Okay. Do you feel as well, even though you had to draw again Waterford, you then had a very good uh, win against Wexford in the final group stage. So you hadn't much time to dwell, I suppose, on the draw that you needed to qualify out of the group. Maybe there was a small bit of pressure on the Wexford game, but you performed very well in it. To top the group then and then not to get straight through to the semi-finals, you had a quarter-final obviously against Limerick, which was a perfect performance in my view below and for my, it's probably the best that I've seen a minor team play any kind of a match in a long time. It was just exceptional. I think that probably then, would you agree, stood going into the Galway game and even though the Galway game then went to extra time, that extra bit of fitness that you had probably suited you and especially then with the game that you had against Galway going into the Cork game in the final. Oh yeah, look, as I said, we topped the group we we had no control over what was going to happen with the draw. Um, you go back to the under sixteens; they they topped the group. They got into the semi final, and I suppose we were hoping that wouldn't happen. We were we were hoping that we would get that quarter final because we felt we needed an extra match. And at that stage, challenge matches, you know, wasn't um, wasn't um, you just wouldn't have got them. So when we when we drew Limerick, we were delighted. And again. 
that's no disrespect to Limerick. We weren't delighted because we drew Limerick, but we were delighted we got that quarter final. And um, yeah, as you said, Martin, that was probably you know a perfect performance, um, and it it did stand to us. But to be fair, like the girls didn't walk around afterwards thinking, well, we're going to score. 28 scores in every game they knew that they had a job to do against against um, Galway and um, yeah so like I suppose but the way the way it happened the quarter final no point saying definitely did help us yeah we were even commenting on it last night I mean I suppose the the way that your team went about things that you were so calm especially for an All-Ireland final I mean a lot of them players wouldn't have got to play in front of a huge crowd like there was 900s in the LIT Gaelic grounds last night the Gaelic grounds is a fantastic venue like it's a cauldron the mm. home of the All-Ireland hurling champions you know that's where they train that's where they play a lot of players would have been seeing that for the first time and even for their walkabouts and Anya might agree with me when we seen this there last night they were just walking around taking it all in you know and you pointed that out to me as well that it was important that the girls would take the experience in and make sure that they took everything in like you mightn't have done back in 2016 Mm -hmm. but maybe you might be able to say how come the team was so calm like we can see Cork Cork were going around together around the field and they were parading and you know okay they're the All-Ireland champions but you really took it in your stride and it was a joy to see because you know, it, they seemed, the girls just seemed to enjoy where they were last night. Yeah. Um, we, 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 we briefly spoke on it. Um, I suppose just a little back or a little kind of timeline on our year, we hadn't used dressing rooms at all this year, apart from toilets. We have to, we just, that was just something, and it was for safety reasons. Um, you know, when when it was the Gaelic rounds was announced, the first thing everyone said, "Oh, wait! And you see the dressing rooms in the Gaelic rounds; they're unreal." If you get the home dressing room, the crest is on the floor, um, and all like that. We decided we were not going to use dressing rooms because it's something completely different than we've done all year. So, and we explained that to the girls. Um, we thought number one, it would have been irresponsible of us as a management team because it would have been setting the precedent that saying, "Well." We're, we really don't care if you get COVID after this. You're, you're done with us now. That, and and we, we did explain that to him that we wanted to keep everyone outside as much as possible and we wanted to keep everyone safe. Plus, we hadn't used dressing rooms the whole year so there was no point starting now. And we did say that to him that we were going to Limerick to the Gaelic rounds to hurl an All-Ireland final on the field not to sit in and admire dressing rooms. And um, to be honest... We walked through them and I don't think anyone noticed what they were like. I certainly, because I was asked, did you see the crest on the floor? And I actually didn't. I, we were put in through our dressing rooms and we came straight out. Um, so I think yeah, the, girls, the girls knew what they had to do. We said to them, go out, walk around, get a feel for it. We got good advice last week too from, from uh, Mr. Brian Cody uh, last Wednesday night after training. And um, he he told him to do that. He he said to make sure take everything in, go around, get the feel of the field, get the feel of the the ground. And uh, so the girls the girls did it. But we said it all week, and it's again it wasn't being cocky or arrogant or anything like that. We knew, and the girls knew, if they turned up and hurled to the way they can hurl, that no team in in the country, even Cork, would ha- would hang with them. 
And you've done something similar in 2015 as well because I can remember Tommy Welsh coming out to Dixborough to a training session one night before the final and it seems to actually work on what two great people that you can have to go and chat to these upcoming girls and give them their experiences. I mean, no more so than Brian Cody and Tommy Welsh who have played in numerous uh, All-Ireland finals in Crow Park. So it, that tended to seem to work for you and I'm sure the girls really enjoyed that as well. I think they did because they didn't know and I suppose Anya and Angela like Brian Brian was put on ye in 20 or not, sorry that's an awful way of putting it put on ye but Brian was um, was introduced to ye the last training session before the All-Ireland Final 2 and I remember I think was if not one of you both of you referenced them at half time in the dressing room as Sophie said and so did the girls yesterday so like they it just goes to show like they they really did listen and they really 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 wants to win that final yeah, I think when you have like somebody of that stature available in the county and you know that he's you know he's definitely kind of one of those men who will always support Camogie too and it was it was great I know in 2016 and Angela you'll agree like when he walked into the room, I actually think somebody referred to him. Oh, as I did. That was Santa me. Claus or something. You like were that. giving out the gear the same night, and you said we have a really special guest to come and yeah. give out the gear. And I said, "Who is it? Santa Claus?" You know, arrived Brian Cody. I was never so embarrassed. Like he was basically God coming into the dressing room, and I made it Egypt of myself. But yeah, that's definitely of of that year that will stand out to me more so than mm. anything I think that yeah. that speech that night yeah and I suppose look as a couple of the parents were saying like they were it was brilliant and all like that like these, these are minor girls which you've gone through the minor ranks what what do you want from your minor girls is to give them experience that they'll that they'll drive on and that they'll you know go on and that they'll get the drive to play senior and adult and intermediate for Kilkenny and you know you name the top five pitches GA pitches in Ireland probably one is Croke Park two is is Parky Cueve three Semple Stadium four the Gaelic Grounds five Nolan Park in the last week the minor girls have trained and played in two of those and had probably the best manager of all time speak to him you know it, it's experience for them that they'll probably never get and that they'll remember for the rest of their lives well at least we'd be hoping that they will anyway yeah, well, it's certainly talents as they are for the future. Um, that's where we'll have to wrap this section of the, the podcast up. But congratulations on a fantastic victory uh, yesterday evening in the Gale Grounds. Uh, I know myself and Anya really enjoyed it down there. I know I get really emotional when we get to finals and we start winning them. I get emotional when we don't win them either. But uh, no, it was absolutely fantastic to see the support from the parents even afterwards uh, out in the car park and they congratulating all the girls and the whole lot. But um, um, it's not very often that we have uh, a two-time minor winning manager and the intermediate manager. So three All-Irelands in your back pocket now at the minute as manager. Uh, not bad going. And I suppose we can't really go without saying anything either because you are in the spotlight now at the minute and you have uh, 19 players that's available for next year. Uh, what's the status of the management for uh, next year? Are you staying on or what's the story? Ah, well, the status of the management is that um, when when we when we put our names forward, we put our names forward with a plan for two years. Um, so, uh, as far as I'm aware, unless I'm told any different by the powers that be, that's that's our plan going forward. Um, so. I suppose you're putting me on the spot now, but I suppose myself and my management team um, have 
haven't spoken about next year but I, I think we when we started it we, that was our plan uh, we had we had a two year plan and we approached the county board with that and um, as far as I was aware it was it was given the green light so um, I think when you make a commitment I think you should stick to it well, oh, and that was, that was I'm talking about myself now and the management team not anyone else oh, we know that well no one else is here you are so yeah. we, we said we put you on the spot because we like <laughs> to do that to people anyway but uh, congratulations Mike fantastic victory yesterday uh, wish all the girls the very very best I know some of them if not a lot of them will then go up into the intermediate and will be playing senior and hopefully they'll get to Crow Park um, at some stage later on in the year but uh, yeah that was Mike Wall the winning intermediate manager uh, from the uh, winning team from last night in the Gaelic grounds and when we come back we will be chatting with who you've already heard Angela Keneally and Anya we will be previewing the intermediate All-Ireland Camogie final against Antrim and that's coming up in just a couple of seconds Welcome back here to the second part of our very first podcast Come On Kinds with myself Martin Quilty and Anya Fahey and we were delighted to be joined in studio now to preview the All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Final by none other than the wonderful Angela Keneally from Mullinavat who was indeed part of that setup. and as she was said herself back all them years ago that she was probably one of the elder stateswomen of uh, that uh, All-Ireland Final but Angela delighted to have you here in studio with us we know you were there with uh, Mike earlier on but um, great to have the Miners winning and now we can look forward to hopefully uh, what will be a great final on Sunday against Antrim in Crow Park I suppose your overall feeling of how do you feel that the match is going to go first of all Oh, it's just such an exciting time isn't it mm-hmm. um, the lead up to a Camogie final and after the win the minor win it just really bodes well for Kilkenny Camogie and I saw the intermediate semi-final and I just thought they were an absolutely unbelievable squad unbelievable real strength it's hard to see any team beating them I just think they're going to mm. complete the job and come home with the cup at the weekend and I look forward to it <laughs> I think we were kind of talking about it earlier on like there's a couple of those guys that would have played alongside us back in 2016 you know Roisin Phelan who would have actually come into the panel quite late in 2016 Captain, full back, uh, Kira Murphy, Neve Lahey, Neve Sweeney, Sophie O'Dwyer, and Kira Phelan. You know, they were all back there in 2016. So they kind of have that winning feeling to bring along. But, you know, it's taken them five years to get back to this, to get back to the Holy Grail of Camogie or, you know, whatever we're going to call it. So it is something really exciting for them. I suppose and you know for us back then it was like the run up the week coming up to All-Ireland the two weeks was was, just unbelievable a great time like I think some of the names you've mentioned they're like they're just super girls Mm -hmm. and um, for Kira Murphy that year she was very unlucky not to play she would have been starting earlier on in the year and then she was unfortunate um, to be out through illness but I actually met Kira briefly yesterday in Tullerone and she just sounds like she's in a great head space and just can't wait to play the game at the weekend and like there's great experience there you have Leanne Fenley in there and Sarah Crowley in the halfback line who also have super experience you know so they're they're coming in with great heads and like the youth that have come in the young girls that have come into that squad are just super super players great talent there yeah there's a serious mix of we'll say the older generations like you would have been yeah (laughs) 
it's all right. I don't take any offence. I was thinking there about when, when you were speaking about the minors earlier on. When I played minor, there was no All-Ireland Championship. So we got as far as a Leinster and won a Leinster and we would have loved to have gone on a bit further. But yeah, that's back in the day a while. Back right. in the day. Yeah, there is such like a real good mix of, we say, youth and then experienced players. As you've mentioned, you know, we have Leanne Fenley, who's only back from Australia last year. Sarah Crowley as well, who's also only back. And they're just adding a whole lot of experience in particular into that half back line and then you have like a new breed of camogie players coming through in Tiffy Fitz Kira O'Keefe like yeah. they're just, just so solid the pace as well yeah. of those girls is just I can't imagine marking them no Tiffy Fitzgerald is just a flyer yeah. super absolutely super great player. and I suppose then when we kind of look to Antrim you know, I suppose Kilkenny had it the hard first day out. They went the whole way up to Antrim. It probably didn't help that they were on a bus for four, four and a half, five hours. Yeah. The heat, it was like we just got a month of July there where it was just constant heat and they had to go up and they had to play in that. You know, not ideal, but still only losing by five points in that game. You know, you would have been expecting Antrim to win it going up there, going up yeah, in just it's in those conditions. It's always really difficult to go up to the north to play. Yeah. You know, the tradition of Camogie up there is unbelievable and I've played club games up there in the glens of Antrim up in Cushendall with when I played Camogie in London we mm-hmm. went over to play and they have serious support out they're tough teams they're going to give it everything they don't want to be beaten on their home turf so going up there is always a big challenge yeah. to get off a bus to play Covid times makes it that bit more mm-hmm. challenging and then I suppose the qu- squad situation because the seniors and intermediates were training separately and you had the crossover of some of the girls. It's it's made it harder for the girls to gel, I think, a little bit. They're yeah. getting that opportunity a bit more now. Yeah. So I think, you know, certainly since the semi-final, they've had that opportunity to play together. And well, even in the games preceding that, they've really started to come together as a team. Mm. They probably didn't know each other awfully well at that stage. Yeah. But, but at this stage now, like they've really started to gel. So I think it will be a completely different game to the last day. Yeah. I- Just to go back on your point there about the cooperation between the intermediate and the seniors, as you know, back previous, it would have been, like you said, separate panels in the whole. Lot. Yeah. In the last- I mean, there's been different things tried, hasn't yeah, there? Yeah. yeah. And in, in fairness, in the last couple of years, I think the cooperation between the two managements has really stood and has benefited both of the panels because like there's a lot of the girls maybe on the senior who might be injured and can go back and play in the league section in particular yeah. and maybe get a bit of game time that they need before they might go back and maybe they mightn't go back because maybe the injuries mightn't you know, come back right or maybe their fitness level mightn't be up to what the senior is and then they can go and they can play with the intermediates or vice versa. You know, that you have a good intermediate that's outstanding and, you know, they're doing very, very well and then the senior management is picking it and saying, well, actually, she could benefit the senior team and I'm going to bring her up for a while. So there's definitely a lot more cooperation. It gives that fluidity to to move players and kind of when players come into form, then you you can work with that. I think probably... At, at different stages of the year it can be difficult you know early on in the year it's difficult for the intermediate team to gel because their players are moving a lot between the two but 
you know, there's huge benefit in being able to bring extra girls into the intermediate squad. Sometimes players come in very late in the year. I know for us, Kira Holden came in quite late in the year. Um, But that that may happen at intermediate level and it's more likely to happen if the squads aren't fixed, if there's a bit of fluidity. So, you know, you might have girls coming in a bit later and 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 that happened as well, like after the minor All-Ireland would have finished going back a few years ago, you'd pick maybe two or three of the best that would stand out at the minor level and then they'd go up into the intermediate panel, which helped boost it. And I suppose that gave the girls in playing intermediate a great confidence as well. They can see that, well, actually we're getting younger talent that's coming and maybe to put a bit of a pep in their steps to say, well, actually, if I want to keep my place on a team now, I'm going to have to give it my all and prepare properly or this younger person that's coming up behind me could take my place. Yeah, and the younger person that's coming up behind you, I guarantee you, once once your place, they're coming in there with the view to, I want to be on this this Kilkenny team. Yeah. I mean, my first taste of it, I was 16 going into train and at the time, and Downey and Sinead Malay were opposite me hitting the ball to me and it was I was relishing it I was terrified but I was I was relishing it and and you can be sure that those minors now um, coming up through the ranks will be full of confidence just like they were back 2016 the girls yeah. had won at minor level mm. they had no fear of any teams they no, you know there's no they're not coming in knowing anything about the intermediate grade they just want to prove themselves and they just want to be on that team Yeah and I was chatting to Anya about this uh, last night especially at the minor game your experience of the intermediate final back in 2016 Anya said to me that she had one regret and that was that she didn't soak in the atmosphere on the day in particular like we know we have the build up albeit that it's a shorter build up this year we only have the fortnight to it normally you would get a three week to four week build up into it which was brilliant because before even in here we had the um, the kittens with the young girls and I think you yeah. were actually part of that where a girl from Mulnavat would yeah, come Eva in and Dunphy, add, yeah. was it Eva yeah, yeah. Um, and ask you the questions and I know you're sitting tense waiting to see what questions what are going to be asked what kind of going to throw <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but them them kind of things are great and they're novel and the whole lot. But are they a distraction to the players, or did you feel yourself? Well, actually, this might be my last final, or this might be my last chance to experience this. I'm really going to soak it all in and enjoy it, and then tell us exactly what you remember of the the final day itself in Crow Park. Um, oh, I actually would be the total opposite to Anya I just went and soaked every bit of it in that day I um, was fortunate enough to have played uh, in the football All-Ireland back in 2007 and I remember absolutely nothing from that day so I would say it's very similar to I know it's a long time ago but it wasn't for that reason it was just that the nerves and the pressure and the excitement of playing in Croke Park were huge whereas this time this time round in 2016 I had said to myself before I went up that I was just going to enjoy every second of it and, and I really did like I can remember getting off the bus I can remember going in finding my spot in the dressing room sitting down soaking it all in particularly probably my favourite part of it was after the game when we came back into you know the little kind of astro off the the changing rooms the little warm up area that's yes, beside exactly. the changing rooms yeah 
and we sang the Rosamund Coyne there and it was just us mm. because I think when you're out in the stadium itself you've got the crowds there you know your family and your friends are there and the media is there which is also kind of in the back of your mind after it and whilst it was amazing and really exciting and, and brilliant when we actually got back into the dressing room and, and that time just us as a panel you're remembering like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it but mm. you're remembering the trainings back in November and December when we were down in Grenon College in the muck you know doing sit-ups and push-ups and things that had nothing to do with Camogie but you needed to do and that that for me was definitely a huge highlight of the day itself and obviously then the days afterwards and the celebrations around the county were also strong yeah. there with the memories on you would you say? Oh, yeah they're, uh, they're, they're memories alright yeah <laughs> it was great like and you know and that's I suppose that's the one thing that kind of kills me I think on it all I don't remember even running out onto the field and oh, like yeah. that really and it bugs me and even I was talking to like Sinead Farrell in particular and I was just saying to her just whatever you do take everything in take in running out onto the field enjoy the atmosphere look at everything around you familiarise yourself with your surroundings because that's one thing I like if I could go back I would love to do that again yeah. and I think it was because my head was just all over the place I was just so full of nerves and that I just couldn't remember it and I just couldn't enjoy it. But you were also the captain that day. Yeah. So is there more pressure, do you think, on a captain to perform? Like Angela was there, she was down to start. I think it was midfield or centre forward, you were down to start that day. So you knew your position, whereas you're the team captain and you know, well, I have to stand in such a place now. And I can't remember exactly whether you got to meet somebody um, during that day or whether there was a handshake before it. But then you have to say, well, I have to go and do the toss. And like, am I going to win the toss if I lose the toss then? what way are we going to play so is it that more added pressure we say on you as a captain than what Angela is as a player going out because she knows her job what is to go out and mark her player or whatever try and win the ball and either set up a score or score herself Um, I don't know if it is or not like I don't think I probably took it too much of being captain but probably when I think about it back now yeah I probably was a little bit nervous I suppose like let's be realistic I had a speech prepared like if we'd won because everybody doesn't there's no point in saying they don't and I remember I handed it to um, the David Lanigan and I was grabbed after when the final whistle went like I was grabbed to go up to the Hogan stand to you know say the speech and get the cup and I just remember looking down at all the girls like and they were jumping around like lunatics on top of each other and having great cracking I was stuck up on top of the Hogan stand going well, I want to be down there in the middle of all that you know like it's, and I suppose like it was probably little things like that and you know that kind of took away from me and like and I would say to Roisin Fielding if that does happen to her run away from them run and go and enjoy the girls they'll give you the cup eventually but just Well you'll definitely get away from Tommy <laughs> yeah. because in fairness to poor Tommy he's the head steward and he's in charge of getting the captain that's his job so he needs to get out on the field and get the captain up because there is probably a bit of time constraints as yeah. well which we felt in 2016 because I know after winning the media is there the photographers are there and I know the Kilkenny photographers are trying to get photographs year related you want to go and enjoy the day with mm-hmm. your families and go and meet them and the next thing you have this sea of orange or <laughs> yellow bibs coming near you to say come on you have to get off the field and the whole yeah. lot go down to the changing rooms which I felt was disrespectful and it happened in the senior game after even though that that was the last game on mm. but you didn't really get the chance to soak up the atmosphere of winning and the surrounds of what was there afterwards and like you say Tommy was there pulling you up you would have loved to be down there 
there yeah. with the team and enjoying the celebrations which is a pity it can't be done either Yeah no it was it was hard like I suppose because you just want to jump around the place and like I think I was taking off a couple of minutes to go so I was sitting I remember I was actually just sitting down um, in where all the subs were sitting down and I couldn't even watch the final last couple of minutes of the game because I was it was too nervous and the last thing I remember looking up and I was it was a Cork player coming for you and I was like oh my god this one like experience played its part that day like sure literally <laughs> literally like you just your one kind of ran into you and you just like dropped, like dropped gone and we we actually won the free and I think that was definitely like that was the turning point like if that free had gone the other way like it would have been an equalising play Chloe Sigerson was actually playing that day and sure we're, we know what she's able to do when yeah. it comes to freeze yeah. like and I just I wasn't able to watch it I was just I was buckled down and I think it was was it Roisin Keeley or Miriam Bamberg one of them would just pat me on my back and I remember Marlies Walsh and Ashling Pollard from my own club were after coming down and they were like it's okay it's okay and I was like I can't even stand up right now because I'm so nervous the, the last couple of minutes it was like I was freaking out and then I eventually heard the whistle being blown up and I remember I just jumped up and I ran my hurl went flying the helmet went flying sure then I was hauled back in 10 seconds later but sure listen to Scrant Yeah Kiva Finley actually said that as well she was player of the match that yeah. day and she was hauled in for an interview as well and missed a lot of the celebrations so mm. actually Kiva missed the team photograph even at yeah, some stage yeah. or what someone missed it either you missed the photograph or someone did because as you say RTE is there and they are trying to pull people around to get their interviews with managers or players and the whole lot and you're looking back then five or six years later and you're looking at the team photograph and you're saying well Jesus someone is missing out of this and the reason that they're missing out of it is or another thing is you have the drugs people that's there then and you are whizzed off then to do your drugs test afterwards straight after the final whistle so there's a lot of uh, things that's negative but especially when you win it like and I remember being down in the changing room um, with all the girls afterwards it was fantastic I didn't have much time with you because I was literally going away and getting back over to the Hogan stand side for the senior game Mm. which was immediately on afterward but I can remember the joy and the elation of all the players that was there and I remember you going into the little room afterwards yeah. and I heard about the Rose of because someone actually videoed it and looked at it and it gave me chills but I think that day really set the tone because the seniors then can see well the joy and the elation that's on these players we can then have that and it did feed into the senior squad that day as well which yeah. was brilliant Yeah your mind very quickly I actually now that you say it your mind very quickly did go to the senior match even though we mm. were all excited and delighted Yeah, we all had club players involved in the senior game and you know straight away you're thinking I need to get changed and get out there to watch this you know we're running down the back tunnel the whole way around because we obviously get to go go around so we were like baiting it down the the Cusack and all the way around going back at the back of the Davin stand and the whole lot to get across yeah Yeah, it was great like and I think it definitely did (laughs) it definitely did set the tone for uh, definitely did set the tone for the for the senior game afterwards and you know we were talking about afterwards and you know two panels went up to Crow Park but six 60 odd all Ireland medals came home out of it in one in two hours hurling um, so it was great like it was you know it's just one of these experiences that you will you'll never ever forget it and you kind of feel like you're part of history nearly in a way yeah. the way you and can like, see that minor cup here beside yeah. me you know think of all the players all the great women over the years that yeah. have been involved at, at minor level and mm. and again the, the intermediate thing, cup and senior cups like yeah, the crazy. good thing about the camogie is I was actually this is startling I look back at the 2006 hurling um 
programme that's cropped up from their uh, semi-final win. And out of the hurlers, the only one that's really uh, playing at the minute is Richie Hogan. From yeah. oh, all yeah, of from all of that team is playing. Mm. We are actually lucky enough that the amount of girls that's coming up from the minor level mm. is actually sticking and they're playing into county despite all of the commitment and it really is commitment. Mm-hmm. Now you can say that and so can Angela. Like even being on the intermediate team, which people will see as, oh God, it's only the intermediate team. But like if you're called into the intermediate team and that's your county team you get to put on the black and amber jersey on you you feel on top of the world and you're going to do everything to hold on to that jersey and play for it as well well I think you do anyway mm, Absolutely Yeah 100% like and I, I can see what you're saying when people say like it's only the intermediate because you know back a couple of years ago I suppose before we actually won in 2016 people would have had this idea that oh listen you're just going to fill in and, and, and I don't mean to be harsh because intermediate is that's that's where my heart is and I have been I have not made that strange to anybody I've always been very upfront like with intermediates where my heart lies like because you know I've you know I've had such I, you know I've won in All-Ireland with them and you know I've been involved with them for the last couple of years like and they're always my number one and that's that's my opinion Um, but there would have been people that would have been of the opinion that ah, it's only intermediate you're just there to fill in a jersey it's absolutely not the case like I think in 2016 when we won it I think that kind of put us on the step there to let girls know this is just as important like this is a very vital component to Kilkenny Camogie we have to be succeeding at all levels and you know to to get yourself onto that senior squad you have to be competing at intermediate level and you have to be winning at intermediate level and I think that's what's been really important over the last couple of years and I might be biased in saying that but I think we're after maybe doing a U-turn on people's thought of what intermediate is because we do take it very serious and um, we expect the exact same level of commitment that you're going to give at senior level and we do have these like I I probably had the expectations where well whatever the seniors are getting the intermediates are getting as well and that's the way I felt like you have to do it because you need people to just take you take you as serious Yeah I, th- I think like my answer to that as well would be that if anyone ever says oh um, you won an All Ireland and say yeah I did and was that that was that intermediate though and you say yeah how many All Ireland medals have you got mm. <laughs> you know that's the answer like it takes a huge amount to win an All Ireland medal and if you look at the girls on the intermediate squad this weekend like yeah. those players Leanne Fenley captained the senior team to an All Ireland final they were unlucky on that day but you know the the talent that's there there there's nothing between intermediate and senior no. and there's what 12 girls that were on that senior panel throughout the year as well so what I would say is exactly what Anya said about the, the level of commitment and, and um, effort that was put in mm-hmm. is absolutely no different and you know it, it's about your own pride and what you're playing for and you can only play what's in front of you and I'd take a Kilkenny jersey any day of the week yeah. uh, only I'm just getting a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> well they're yeah. not easy to come by and certainly when you get it you do have to hold on to it because that is the pride and everyone says well putting on the black and amber jersey is I, I don't know it, it really gives you some sense of purpose as a camogie player to mm-hmm. say well 
I can now say that I've played for my county whether it be junior level no matter where you are if you're in Dublin and you're playing on their junior team or you're in Carlow and you're playing on their intermediate or their yeah. junior team yeah. I've even seen Waterford girls this year on the junior team who was playing so well and they were thrilled to be on an inter-county team and mm-hmm. say I can play for Waterford, Carlow, Kilkenny it doesn't matter who you play with that is your jersey that's your county and you wear it with pride and you go out every day and try your best your ability to represent that jersey no matter what happens Yeah sure do I think Brian Cody came in to speak to us um the senior team had a manager from another county, a colleague of mine in work, uh, Derek McGrath, came to speak to them. But we had Brian Cody and Brian Cody spoke to us like yeah. we were as important as the men's team who had been out the week before. And he spoke with so much passion yeah. about the Kilkenny Intermediate Camogie team that day that you could do nothing but believe that you were as important as anybody else out there. And at the end of the day, it's an All-Ireland medal and that's mm. the way I look at it. I'll always cherish it, whatever the level it may be. But it's the same as whether some people say, well, OK, you're only a sub or whatever. Yeah, but no one asks absolutely. you on a CV, were you actually playing or whether you were no. a sub? You say you have an All-Ireland medal, you have an All-Ireland medal. The subs are as important as what the players are. They're pushing the girls, OK, they might be unlucky not to partake in an All-Ireland final, but they're still doing their job on the panel as well to push other girls and make sure that they are making themselves to be the best as they can be. Yeah, like absolutely. I think when you look at this cur- the current intermediate team, they are now a prime example of that. Ashlyn Curtis, you know, she was captain last year. Unfortunately, the way things went with COVID, the intermediates were obviously they couldn't play in the intermediate championship last year. She came back this year uh, very, very unfortunate in the first game against Antrim, ended up breaking her hand and she has been working tirelessly hard and I know I'm hearing that from John and all the guys that are involved even when we were inside and done more the other night I just went down to have a quick look at the girls when they were playing their match and Ashling was doing some work with uh, Miney she was just running from cone to cone to try and get her fitness up she was going for an x-ray the following day and she was hoping to get the cast off to say like and her words were if she can play any part at all to help with the team in an all Ireland final. That's what she wants to do. And like that's that's what the panel is. It doesn't matter if you're one or if you're number 32 with 33 on the panel. Everybody is just as important because you do not know what's going to happen the day of an All-Ireland or even in the weeks running up to an All-Ireland with injuries and, you know, unfortunately COVID cases as well. Um, but those guys are working very, very hard. And to them, like they're all part of one big team and they're all part of a plan and that plan is to get Kilkenny over the line next Sunday. Yeah, and of course, as we know, it is against Antrim again and as we've mentioned already in this uh, podcast, they did play one another in the league section of the, the championship. It was, I think it was round one. It was a long journey up. Okay, there was only maybe four or five points in the scoreline, but in the final itself Angela and we've seen the semi-final they had a very good win against Meath they had they came back and I think during the league they might have been trying out things and trying players and we might have been a small bit critical maybe of them especially in commentary that we knew ourselves that they had the ability to do it and maybe they weren't performing to their ability but I think the day against Meath that they lost in the quarter final through the heartbreaking goal I think that was the turning point Mm -hmm. that the girls then saw well actually we have the ability to get to Crow Park they're now there it's against Antrim again you know and although Antrim is probably after being in the final last year because down beat him they got to the league final down beat him then again they probably have a bit more experience than the Kilkenny girls might have but 
what would you be saying to the girls as a manager or as a captain going forward into the game now on Sunday? Oh, well, I think for the, they don't need any um, motivation any more than looking at, at the seniors missing out on their spot there. And they're saying to themselves, our senior girls should be here. You know, they could have been here and they'd absolutely give anything to be here today, mm-hmm. to be lining out in that final and to be playing on the biggest stage of them all. So they are going to say to themselves, we're here, we've got the opportunity, we're in the black and amber jersey and we haven't got a win at this grade since 2016. It's been too long since the cup was brought home. So let's make sure it happens today. I don't think they need any more encouragement or motivation than that, than to say to themselves, I'm getting the opportunity. I'm going to absolutely grab it with both hands, you know. Yeah, like I think they definitely, yeah, you're, you're right, you're 100% right. I don't think they need any motivation. Some of those girls have been around four or five years now at this stage. Um and they've won a Leinster final in that time. And that's really been it since 2016 at intermediate level. But they've been working so, so hard. And I think like, I think the day against Meads was definitely, it's what kickstarted their year. Um, in hindsight, it was probably the best thing that could happen to them. If they had gone on to compete in a league semi-final, would they have had the opportunity to like get more training sessions in together, have harder training sessions even? Because you know yourself, run up the week before a match, you really are dying off. Like it's more like just pucking around, focusing on sidelines, freeze, you know, the usual stuff. But like, if they had to be, and if they were to go on and qualify for a league semi-final or a league final that would have been another two three weeks kind of nearly wasted for he- for heavy training which they did need and like they needed it more than probably what the seniors did because they needed to gel together and kind of yeah. get to know each other a lot more than what the seniors had so i think definitely losing that was what's going to, what kickstarted their year but i think then losing to antrim but then turning around, they had a colossal win over Kildare and then the the big one, Cork, um, to get them out of the group and then obviously bringing Mead down to Nolan Park for an All-Ireland semi-final uh, and getting through that as well. Like, you know, these girls, they've worked hard and they've gone the hard way around it to get themselves back in an All-Ireland final and they certainly deserve to be there. And, you know, I was reading an interview from the Antrim manager um, over the week there and he's basically wrote Kilkenny off like he was like with all due respect to Kilkenny Galway were the better team were the best team that they've played in the championship so far and I know for a fact all the girls have that article that he's after that he's after putting out there and you know that just goes to show the disrespect that he's shown to Kilkenny and nobody should ever show Kilkenny any disrespect at Hurling or Camogie because they have they've set the standard and they've set the bar high and you know the girls are holding on to that as well at the end of the day they have nothing to lose anyway like Antrim are going in as red hot favourites they're go- the Kilkenny are the underdogs and God loves an underdog when they're going in especially if you're a Kilkenny Camogie player because you're going to keep going you're going to bite to the bitter end Well we see what happened last Sunday night mm. when Kilkenny was the underdog going in against the two time and reigning All-Ireland minor champions and that yeah. was Cork and we see what happened you know and Kilkenny performed very very well in it but I think Angela as Ani was saying with that interview if you want to give a team more I suppose motivation to go out and actually beat you you do something like that because I mean that's going to be plastered all over the walls now I'm assuming in Crow Park and pointing out to as well this is showing disrespect you know what you have to do go out there and show them what you can actually do on the field of play 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Will they buy into it hugely? I think they'll be far more focused on their own games. Mm. I think in the match against Mead, they a lot of them had individual jobs to do. There was a bit of man marking jobs to do. Mead had some star forwards there that have been around the scene a, a good few years and have been hard to stop. And I think tactically, Kilkenny got that very right on the day in the semi final. And I think the final, they'll be more concerned about what they have to do individually. Yeah, you don't like to hear anyone writing you off and mm. being disrespectful towards you, but that kind of just makes you start to think in your own head, like, what have I got to give out here on on the day? And I'm, I'm going to leave absolutely everything out here. But I think, like you said, Anya, they, they need to take in that occasion and, and not get too caught up in in the media and the build-up to it, but be more more mindful of you know, getting their best performance on the day, sticking to their, their game plan, as I'm sure they, they will have a game plan for Antrim this time around. They know a little bit more about them now. Yeah. Um, they themselves as a squad, like I said, spoke to Kira Murphy yesterday. She very much felt that the last uh, few training sessions have really given them a chance to get to know each other as players on the field. But they led in that Antrim game for a long period of time as well. It's only in the latter end of it, I suppose, when fatigue yeah, and the fatigue, whole lot Fatigue, I in. think, you know, you're, it's a huge journey and, and, and they're just starting to get to know each other and I think it'll be a very different day out this this time around you know and I think even for some of the players it's it's their first time lining out for Kilkenny um, at that level so like Antrim are experienced and, and they've been playing together as a squad they still have a lot of the same names that are, are floating about there they, they that are very committed to Camogie and Antrim Um and some of, for some of those Kilkenny girls it's their first big day out mm. for Kilkenny and, and that experience of going on a coach journey up and not really knowing where how you're how you're going to pan out in this game and how you're going to perform and, and definitely f- fatigue kicks in I mean we went up to play down up in yeah. Newry wasn't it yeah, um, yeah. Park Esler in one of the league games and we really struggled up there yeah. and it was only kind of later in the year I think Tipperary in the ch- first round of the championship was the first time we really performed we yeah. had some horrible league games you know where we just weren't gelling we just we're just probably not um, at peak performance level you know whereas mm. I think this Kilkenny team now have had that that uh, couple of weeks to prepare as a, a team and really gel and, and they will be no doubt I have no doubt about it at peak performance on Sunday they'll be well ready for it well, I'm going to put the two of you on the spot here now, right in front of me. Angela, your predictions for the match on Sunday. Oh, absolutely, Kilkenny. Boy. Um, I, it'll be close enough one, I think. Maybe three or four points. Anya? Yeah, I think it's going to be Kilkenny about, about five, I would imagine. So, yeah. If they can keep Anya McGill and Roshi McCormick at bay, I think they're going to be the two main threats that Antrim have. I think if they can really hold them out, you know, we've seen Tiffy Fitz did a master of a job on Jane Dolan the last day. Whether she's going to pick up Anya McGill, I don't know. But I think the likes of Tiffy will rise to this occasion. Like, these girls are really, really excited about it. Um, And then, whether it's going to be Neve Lahey or Kira Murphy, that's going to take up Roisin McCormack um, on the other side. But they're definitely the two Antrim guards that, you know, that Kilkenny need to be looking at. Um, And I think if our six forwards can really click and gel because to be fair you know they've had spells of it and we've seen that throughout the championship and we've seen spells of them throughout the league where they have clicked but probably haven't seen it for a full 60 minutes yet but I think they're probably waiting holding out and going to give us their best shot on Sunday 
Well, there we have it. Kilkenny all round in the room here. That's all we have time for in our very first ever Come On Kind Camogie podcast here with KCLR 96FM and Scoreline.ie. We look forward to bringing you more of the podcasts all throughout the year, including reviewing the club championships, which will be starting in Kilkenny very, very soon indeed. My thanks to Mike Wall earlier on, the intermediate manager, to Angela Keneally, and of course, my co-partner, Anya Fahey, as always we look forward to bringing you more uh, commentary uh, as we will be in Crow Park on Sunday for the match and doing more podcasts again but as it is from now that's it from us a very good evening Thank you This is Come On Kind with scoreline.ie